Midlife Surfer listener. Thanks for joining me again. It is Jeff. This is episode three. Good morning to you. Good afternoon. Good evening. I'm walking right now, so I'm a little out of breath. It's a nice walk in our neighborhood that my friend turned me on to. It's it's challenging. It's up a hill for, I don't know, I think it's about uh, just over two miles up the hill and two miles on down. And right now, walking is about the only thing we can do in our neighborhood. Um, I did go surfing with our shelter in place. I went out twice. Waddell Creek is the spot. Um, in hindsight, I feel a little irresponsible for surfing because, you know, government's telling us not to do this stuff. But then again, I did not come within six feet of anybody. I, I hardly came within six feet of a good ride. <laughs> I, uh, I brought my stretch, the, my 6'8", both times. Uh, day one, tide was pushing. It was high. I guess it'd be swamp, swampy, bro. Swampy out there. And uh, I got like two rides. I was not satisfied with myself. They weren't like even great down the line rides. They were just pop up, took the drop straight, closed out, and then I just jump off the board, eat shit, hop back on my board, try to paddle back out and get pounded on the inside a little bit. And then the next day was much, much bigger actually. I don't know. I think Surfline had it at three to four feet, but you know it's funny. I guess it de- depends on what your metric is and how to measure waves, but. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, they were definitely head high, some overhead. And I had a lot more fun watching good surfers catch kick-ass waves than, uh, than myself. Um, went out there with a surf buddy of mine, Craig. He's, uh, as usual, a better surfer than I am. And uh, he got a couple. I took one quick drop. I got to my feet. God, beach breaks are funny, man. They creep up on you so fast. And then you catch it and you look down. As opposed to, say... I don't know, the hook or pleasure point, even you know, the lane. You see this nice ramp where you could pop up and just slide down the ramp of this wave. But beach breaks are different, man. They're, they get pitchy, and you're looking straight down. So you're like, what am I going to pop up on this board and then just nosedive into oblivion? And oftentimes that is the case for me. I interviewed my buddy Eric coming up here. Eric is a surf friend of mine. What I admire about Eric is, one... He doesn't yap as much as I do on this uh, forthcoming interview. I talk way too much. Talk all over him. So, you know, you're going to grow with me during this process. Next time I talk to someone, I will let the conversation breathe a little more. So forgive me in advance. It's kind of part of the challenge of this whole podcast thing is you're putting your shit out there. People can judge it, you know, see your flaws. But, hey, you're not doing a podcast. I am trying to. <laughs> Someone on uh, Instagram hit me up, uh, Midlife Surfer Podcast, fellow Santa Cruz surfer, and he wants to talk boards. So I'm stoked about that. So we're going to get him on before long. And I don't know. It might be really awkward. Might be really smooth. Might be funny. Might be kind of sad, like this uh, forthcoming Eric interview turns for a minute. Eric's cool. He surfs basically the same board over and over again with no apologies and it's a big ass board it's a glider and he sings the praises of this glider and maybe by the end of this you'll want a glider as well i know i sure did anything else to say it occurred to me covid sounds like a kid's name you know like a suburban kid's name like you're, you have your kids at the park and you hear one mom going covid 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 come here covid take your shoes off you're in the sand right now and you go huh what's his name Corey? no his name's covid and they answer it like a question. His name's COVID. 
So I don't know. I hear there's a lot of babies being made right now during the shelter in place. Maybe there'll be a lot of COVIDs being born. Alright, on to the interview Thanks for tuning in By the way, 87 downloads, mofos 87 I'll live with that That's kind of cool It's our quest to 100 And we drive on And maybe if I can get 13 of you to, to spin this episode We're going to get there And we're going to celebrate Shelter in place, of course With a party no more than 10 Thanks for listening This is Midlife Surfer episode three, and I have Eric with me. And I've talked up Eric the last episode. He's a guy that you didn't know you wanted to hear from, and you still probably don't want to hear from him. But nevertheless, uh, my 2020 resolution was to make a podcast and talk to people with whom I surf. And I don't know any famous surfers, although I saw kind of a famous surfer today, Eric, at Waddell, and I wanted to tell you about that as well. So I held on to that. But Eric, why don't you say hi? Hey, so yeah, my name's Eric. I am also a midlife surfer, so I feel like I... Well, feel, how old are you? I'm 33 years old. Is that midlife? Uh, with this coronavirus, it could be end of life. <laughs> what is entirely life? possible. It's true. Um, um, I don't know when midlife is. I'm People are getting older con- every day. I'm 38. Would you consider me midlife? Nah, you're going to make it past 80. Right. Yeah. So it's premature. But Eric's here, and I surf with Eric, and he's also... Um, He's a better surfer than me, I'd say, for sure. You charge hard, too. I like it. I've been surfing much longer than you. Yeah. Um, when I did you start surfing? I started surfing when I was 17 years old. Um, my mom took a job out at Monterey Bay Academy in La Selva Beach. And the very first, since my understanding is you wanted to talk about surfboard shapes and design. Uh, i talk about like whatever, yeah. you're interested in. So the very first surfboard that I ever rode yeah. was probably about seven foot six. It was shaped by Pat Taylor out of Santa Cruz. He did not make it for me. And it was an old piece of trash. And it was a tri-fin in the center. What do you mean he didn't make it for you? He made it for someone else. Oh, it was and a custom. I, I pulled okay. it out of a dumpster. Did it have someone else's company. name on it? I don't remember there being a name on the bottom of okay. it. Okay. Let me ask you a quick tangential question. Yeah, yeah. Do you, I have friends who buy boards off Craigslist. And if it says someone else's name on it, they have no problem. I wouldn't care. See, I would care for some I haven't reason. bought a board off of Craigslist. But if I found the right one... I don't think. You've never bought a board off Craigslist? No, for pretty much for the last six or seven years, I have been spoiling myself and exclusively buying surfboards shaped by Nick Palandrani. Right. Shapes under the name Source Surfboards Source out of Surfboards. Capitola and the Jewel Box. But so talk about your first, your 7.6, your first surfboard. So this 7.6 was a board that had made its way around campus to anyone that was interested in surfing. But when I found it, it was in a dumpster behind Rainbow Fin Company. Um, the center fan of the Trifin setup was stripped out, and there was about a foot and a half of delamination of fiberglass straight down right. to the foam. And delamination means that the fiberglass is separated from the foam core. Correct. But this was more than that. This wasn't just like it bubbled up. This yeah. was ripped. Like there was a strip of fiberglass, almost like a, a hangnail or a blister that's come loose. And someone glassed it, it back flapping. down to the board. We took a bunch of old ground down surfboard fin remnants from when they were routing the fins, nice. and we convinced... Glenn Duet, the owner there, to heat it up. And at we, rainbow. At rainbow. Thin. And we poured it like a oh, molten shit. cover over the tail to make it water Who's solid. Who's we? Uh, there's a, a handful of us. My friend Jake and my friend Sean, the three of us were kind of cool. this little trio um, while everyone else was going to sports practice. And, and so you melted the fins events. down. We were at the beach. You melted the fins down. 
And you, you created a bond again between that delamination? Yeah. Like the back okay. foot of the board was probably heavier than the entire rest and of the board. And what was the 7.6 shape like? What did it look like? Like a long a, board or like a No, it was a standard short board looking board. But Pointy nose, out. squashed tail. Yeah. Um, I don't remember too much of it truthfully, but I, I remember I was so bad at surfing. Yeah. I had no no guidance or yes my friends were too preoccupied with catching waves themselves yeah that it was just i was using it like a boogie board essentially right as i had no concept of where the sweet spot was to paddle or lay what would make the nose go under what would make it pull back and shoot up yeah. so essentially I, I just found a spot where i would paddle into a wave in such fashion that it would pitch me straight over the falls and yeah. i felt like that was moving in a closer direction to actually catch and where would wave. you surf Manresa, or just down from Manresa on campus at Monterey Bay Academy. Is Manresa more difficult to surf than other beaches? A lot of people say that, not because of the size, but because of the frequency of the waves. And maybe that's where I've been going wrong. <laughs> My, I, I mean, when I'm digging back into like the vault of yeah. the memories and trying to figure out if I think that's true or not, it's really hard to pinpoint that because the majority of my beginning time was at Manresa, and it's all I knew. Yeah. And there were no other surfers there to watch to determine like, hey, who's doing it right and who's doing it wrong. Are these waves makeable or do they just close out? Do they always just come wave after wave and yeah. 20, 30 wave sets? Or am I just bad at paddling out? And I don't know the answer to that to this day. I, I, think, both say, are, I think both are true for me at least. Potentially, I would say when it, when it picks up, I mean, I, the currents are moving like crazy. I remember yeah. we would get in at a specific point, you'd look at it like a house or a tree yeah. on the bluff and Hey, try and kind of stay in that area, and within 20 minutes of paddling out, you still hadn't made it out to where they were white capping, right. and you're like a quarter mile down the beach, and you'd get out, and you'd take a 15-minute walk, and you'd try again, which yeah. is what we did. Eric yeah. surfs with me, and he works with my wife, and I met him. How long ago did I meet you, Eric? It's got to be about five years now. Is that long already? Yeah, so. How long have you been surfing? Four or five years. I yeah. started surfing in 2013. Yeah, so I think you'd been at it for maybe two years yeah. before we met. So, and Eric's become, well, we don't surf together as much as I'd prefer, but we like talking about boards and the general experience of surfing. But you're, you're like, you'll, you surfed when you're in high school, but did you stop surfing for a while? No, I wouldn't say that I did. But you got back into it later in life. So when I, when I left high school, I moved up to the Napa Valley for college and it just na naturally I met a couple friends yeah. from up in Redding and one of their dads in particular had lived in Santa Cruz at some point in time and had passed on the stoke of surfing to his son. So he would go um, surf up there. I think at a beach called Moonstone is what he called it. Huh. And um, he came down and we used to drive out to Salmon Creek throughout college and we would surf. Yeah. And then my parents were still living um, in La Selva Beach. So every, every other weekend or once yeah. a month we'd drive down. And sometimes we would surf Manresa or MBA. Sometimes we would surf the hook. Yeah. And we were... I mean, if it was one foot or six foot, we were in the water. Yeah, yeah. Sitting off the shoulder, picking Where's your scraps. favorite place to surf now in Santa Cruz area? That's like your go-to. This is a tough question because it evolves. Like, yeah. What's so, it right now? If it's on everywhere, yeah. if it was on today, I'd be grabbing my 11-foot glider and I'd be heading to privates. Yeah. And there'd be no looking back. The goddamn glider. But if privates isn't working, I'd be excited to surf Pleasure Point. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean... Is it lame that I'm recording a podcast and then we're naming spots? Is that that's not a really a core nah. surfing thing to do? But everyone goes there already, so it gives a shit. But I would not identify myself as a core surfer. Correct. So I'm, I'm not. And that's why the core surfer would likely would get annoyed with this conversation pretty quick. I think. I think there are spots where maybe it's more picky. I, truthfully, I don't think that we've named any spots that we surf that are 
Secret. Flying under I don't, the radar. I don't know any good secret spots. I mean, we're calling privates publics these days because they took the lock off the gate. Right. But, um, Why do you, how do you feel about that? Do you think an HOA hey, it's, company... It's allowing me to surf there. I wasn't right. surfing there before. And it's the funniest thing because if you look at sharks to drop another spot just down from the hook, it's like a three-minute paddle just an extra from paddle. Shark's Cove. So down. what Eric's talking about, if, if for my two listeners in Norway, unless you're identity uh, trolls, um, there's a spot called Private's. It's near a well-known spot in Santa Cruz, a point break. Would you call the hook a point break or a reef break? I don't even know the answer to that question. I don't know either. I, guess Eric, call, Eric, I think it's would, a point break. Eric, is it a point break or a reef break? Your uh, thoughts? I would think that they're the same thing. I mean, no. is what makes... <laughs> same thing. Is, is it not? There's a, there's a <laughs> bottom <laughs> contour that generates a consistent wave right. that breaks in a certain fashion. So, right. I don't know. Maybe this is what makes me not core. Right. When we're looking at the Me semantics right. regarding the surfing, like that's the furthest thing from my mind, and I'm not. I wonder what percentage of actual surfers would be able to accurately answer that. So is a point break? It's not a point break. I a think contour it's a, that juts out that makes a reliable wave, and a reef break is like an actual coral heads that are a permanent. Like a point fixture. breaks cowls. It's a point. The the energy swings around it, and you have long runners, and for whatever reason, they lend themselves to longer boards. It's like big point breaks, like a ring ring con's a point break. But there's got to be something with the bottom contour that's causing that reef break. Twenty sixth injury, twenty sixth avenue. That's like a sandbar or a reef break. Yeah, I would. So I would have called twenty six a beach break. Is what I would. Yeah, right. But it's the same spot. Interesting. How about Pleasure Point, Capitola, total reef break. Yeah, I mean, I guess as I look to my left and my right, there's But no then point. there's point breaks next to it. So, like, the hook, I think... This is an outstanding question for my, for my two listeners in Norway. My assignment is for you to Google this and email it to me at jeff at midlifesurfer.com. Did you know I have, a, I have a, an email? I did see that. Okay, we're pro now. Okay. Did, so, you, did you go daddy that? I did. That, okay, I like we're, it. We're going and we're daddying, no doubt. How'd you know? Shad. I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> All right. Well, we anticipated awkward moments between this podcast. At least I did. I felt like we just had one. But I wanted to ask you about your glider. Okay. How many boards do you have now? I have a handful of surfboards. Like how many would you guess? I have, I mean, I don't want to count them up because that's not going to make for good radio. But I, I have I, that's, okay. one, two, three, four, five, one on the wall, six. My yes. wife has a board, seven. Yeah. I think I have seven surfboards. So what's in your active rotation right now? There's only one. It's and only it's one. It's the 11-foot aqua glider. <laughs> it's a glider by source. It's 11 feet long. It's, um, I think, 23 and 3 quarters wide. Three, I would guess, 3 and 5 eighths thick. It seems like it's a little more than 3 and a half. I'm a pretty heavy guy. I'm yeah. 6 foot How 4. Today, on the scale... 230 pounds. Yeah, 6'4", 230. When I bought the surfboard, I was 260 pounds, and it was surfing yeah. me well. It gave me the flotation that You're I You're pretty needed. athletic. You're more athletic than um, than you look, I think. Is that a compliment? That's not a compliment. I would say it's, I'm an interesting... But you are, you're more athletic. Like, for instance, before we started this, you were shooting hoops, and you have, you're back to the bucket, you have a move in which you pivot to your, I guess to your over right. Over my right shoulder. Over your right shoulder, but you shoot from the left side. And that's pretty, that's skill. That's what I don't have. Like, that's kind of skill. So that's something that I never did. So I played, you know, it's interesting. We're stepping away from surfing. We're diving, we're doing a deep dive into who I am as a person, as an an athlete. Right. You know, when you talk about someone that's played basketball in high school. Yes. I, so I started my education in the public school system in Palo Alto and there were like 1,500 kids in middle school. Yes. So making the team was a big deal because people knew how to play basketball. That's right. 
And then I filtered into the private school system. And you made those teams? I did not. Yeah. Um, but, but then I filtered into the private school system and anyone that wants to be on the team makes the team. And good for you for so, going out anyway after you've been cut you so know, when a year I, or two prior. When I, tell you, when I tell you that I played basketball in high school and I was on the varsity team, yeah. this is not saying that I was exceptionally talented. Like for my school, I was one of the better players in yeah. the league that we were playing in. But if you tucked me into any yeah. high school basketball program, I would have not made junior varsity. You would have made the team yeah. though. I don't think I would have. And if I would have, it's because I was tall. Do you think, all right, I went to Buchanan High in, uh, in the Central Valley in the late 90s. And we had a decent team. And then we played Clovis West, who actually had some legit college kids. Chris Hernandez went and took Stanford to a Final Four. Mm-hmm. There was no one over my height, 6'2". No one over your height. And they did a full court press. And they used to do this Kiwanis tournament. It was so sweet. You're a hoops geek. Like, I've been mm-hmm. meaning to tell you. We used to, in my high school, we did a Kiwanis tournament where you would have um, Artesia, uh, uh De La Salle, Modern Day, um, Compton, Inglewood, uh, Inglewood, where um, uh, Noel Felix of Fresno State and also uh, Paul Pierce played for. Mm-hmm. And so these high school teams would come and we'd have the tournaments and they'd play our shitty little high school teams and then other teams in the, in, the, in the valley. And all these cool people would be there. Like for instance, when the NBA was striking in 1998, I was a junior. And there was Ray, do you know Rafer Olsen, Skip mm-hmm. to My Lou? Play, yeah, uh, yeah. and one mixtape. Absolutely. Rafer was sitting there. Paul Pierce just got drafted. And Noel Felix played with Fresno State. And Rafer played with the Fresno State. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, it was just cool. Like, uh, Noel Felix is there warming up with the team, uh, helping them just, and he plays for Fresno State. Just like, and you just have that. Paul Pierce is in the crowd. Roy Williams is there. Like, Dean Smith, you would mm-hmm. see. Mishusevsky. And they'd all just come to our two high school gyms. And uh, anyway, one time I saw Rafer across the way, and uh, it was before. Inglewood was going to play Edison High. And I go, I told my friends, I'm just going to wave at him. Watch, I'll just get a wave at him. So I went down through Trashway and I go, Rafer, what's up? And I looked at him up in the stands of my high school bleachers. And he goes, he nods at me. He goes, come on up here. I was like, huh? And he's like, come on up. So I'm like, all right, I'll go sit with you. So I just went up and sat next between Rafer Olsen, who was really who I was into. And then later champion, maybe Hall of Famer, Paul Pierce. Mm-hmm. But Paul Pierce was just drafted from Kansas. Yeah. And I remember Paul Pierce stuck his hand out and I gave him a high five and then he kept his hand out and just acted like, it was sh- like I, didn't, I didn't shake it. So I shook his hand. And I go, oh, well, I'm a big fan, Rafer. And he's like, sit up here, watch the game. Watch the game with us. So I just sat between Rafer and Paul Pierce while my high school team was getting its ass kicked from Edison High. And it was just one of the coolest. That is pretty cool. It is cool. So do you think you could have made my high school team if you were a senior? Hard no. Okay. So you're pretty athletic, though. And so, this, why do you like your glider? When, so before we jump into that, yeah. stepping back, my senior year in high school, I yes. was still 6'4". Yeah. I did not weigh 230 pounds. Right. Of course I weighed not. 165 pounds. That was back when you did coke. Soaking wet. Right. Yeah, my <laughs> high school days. getting crazy. Right, right, right. So right. I, I would not have had the body or muscle. Yeah. I, I did not belong on a varsity I guess my point is in the public you, system. you're big and you, you say you're heavy and big, but you're not that heavy for your height. And also you're pretty athletic and you're more athletic than I'd give you, than I would assume. You're more athletic than me, for sure. For instance, I can't, I can't turn and just do a, a nice lefty finesse mm-hmm. off the backboard. I mean, I guess maybe that's though, skill or call. Even though want, I was not athletic. a talented basketball player through high school yes. compared to the like, nation's high school basketball yes. players I put hours in the gym I mean I was yeah. doing this yeah. all the time right. I was just never super good at it so so what surfboards are you so you only have one you said but I know you have others so I do ha- I do have others but talking back to that glider which okay. is by far my favorite board um, is it like a long board 
it is a longboard and that it is that it, it is long, but it does not ride like a traditional longboard. So the kind of the spirit behind the glider is that my understanding is what I have been told yeah. is that they looked back at some of these old Hawaiian designs and the idea with with the glider is that your emphasis should not be trying to put the board into different spots on the wave to do maneuvers or to do turns. But your goal is yeah. instead to put it in the spot on the wave one time right. where the energy is yeah. and find a way to keep your board in that exact Locked. energy slot and it's the board just runs. So it's not about doing turns. Right. You're not slowing down off the bottom or setting up and hand dragging <laughs> to step towards the nose, right. which um, I would say traditional longboarders, like hanging 10 is like, yes. that's the, the nirvana of longboard I surfing. Guess, yeah. and this, I mean, there are surfers that ride a glider that will walk up to the nose, but in my understanding, or at least for me, that is not what it's but about. But maybe at all. you could step on the glider. It's not walking up to the nose. You're doing a cross step to shift, to gracefully and stylishly shift the shift the weight uh, forward on the board to maintain that trim that yeah. you want to stay locked into. Yeah, yeah I would say so. Um, I got to try that. Do you ever feel like it's too big? Like, does it make you nervous? Okay, let me ask you this. Well, you take it to places like Pleasure Point, the lane, uh, the lane. Yeah, I start this board in both these places. Yeah. So, so they're not. I would not be point seeking. Breaks. I would not I be seeking to find a portion of that wave point, point that break. is breaking yeah. critically. Huh? I wouldn't be looking for where the wave is pitching over into yes. like a barrel. Yes, um, that but wouldn't be what I would be seeking. No. I found if I'm surfing it at middle peak at the lane, that's where I would be comfortable. I would never bring that board into the bowl. Like I just feel like it would not belong. Because that, what's the bowl? The bowl, so right where the wave at Steamer Lane breaks yep. into the cliff, where it kind of scoops around at the lighthouse. They call that the slot, too, the yeah? The slot, yeah, same okay. idea. It's against semantics. So the slot is probably, people would understand better maybe what we're talking about. That's just what it's called, I think. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't surf this board at the slot. Right. I think it'd be a steep quick. there. I think that even if I popped up to my feet, the likelihood of getting pitched would be super high. Right. I think that you want a really light board that's thin. That yeah. Can make a drop can in manage. a different way. Um, the advantage to the glider for a midlife surfer like myself is that you can generate speed, which will allow you to get to your feet and take off on the wave before it's critically peaking over. So you kind of yeah. remove a lot of the anxiety or nervousness that you might think about if you're standing on a skateboard at the top of a half pipe prepared right. to drop in. Like that's kind of gone. It's a slower roll, yep. slower roll in, which is comforting in a lot of ways. And it's interesting because when I bought this board, my intent was to get this 11-foot board yeah. that I could ride on two-foot days when yeah. none of my other boards would successfully get up and go. Yeah. And then I quickly found out this board was made for big surf. It is, right? And that's, that's when it, it like comes to life. And so, so I've pint. had this board out at eight, nine, ten-foot face days, and wow. you get in early enough that you don't realize what's coming up behind you or over your shoulder. Next thing you know, you're taking your line and you're looking up. Yeah. The wave is over your head significantly, and you're yeah. just moving. It's but you're already exciting. up by then, and yeah. I'm in. it's like it feels—it's not scary anymore. It's the best. So, like, you wouldn't take that to the beach. I don't know. I think about that sometimes. Yeah. And you were talking to me about a session you had at Waddell Creek. Yeah. And I was thinking, would I take the glider to Waddell Creek? And the the reason why I'm inclined to say no is because the waves close out somewhat more quickly yeah. and I think the whole purpose of the glider right. is to take one long line and right. there's not long lines there but that said I'm probably taking that board to one yeah. because it's all I want to ride have you had the it's 11 feet mm -hmm. it's 23 wide mm -hmm. so it's really really wide and then the edge in the back the tail the tail says a lot I've learned so like has a hard edge I would assume it does it has a hard edge and it really thins out through the tail so yeah, the tail of the board tail. is a lot um, narrower not narrow um, yeah. thinner 
like from top to bottom. There's less volume in between it and the tail. It gets thinned out. And it has a smaller, you said Nick recommended a smaller fin for it? Yeah, that's what I've heard. And I've talked to a lot of guys in the lineup about yeah. this too. A lot of them will say, hey, you want less drag? Yeah. And your purpose isn't that you want a big fin to pivot off of to right. turn. Because all right. you really need to do is get on your one line and then you're off to the races. Right. And anything with extra length is going to slow you down. Right. So... Um, I think the fin I have in now is about seven and a half, eight, or maybe eight inches. Seven inch fin on an 11 foot board. That's interesting. Yeah. So like, I, I think that'd be really hard to manage in the water. Like, for example, I have a 910 nose rider and I, I rarely take it out anymore. And as I try to go shorter, now one appeal I have about going shorter is that you can manage the board a hell of a lot better. Mm-hmm. Like I went to Waddell this morning and I didn't get jack shit and I suck out there. But every time I got rocked, you know, you do a duck diver, you know, not deep enough. Or, you know, I, I popped up on one wave, went right for a minute on my feet, and then just closed out on me and just rocked the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. But I had no problem, like, popping up, grab my board, and then, you know, just managing it. So, like, like my 910, obviously, you wouldn't want to have a nose rider out at Waddell when it's, you know, four, five, six feet like it was today. Right? Yeah, probably not. Probably not, unless you're yeah. really good. Yeah. You're badass. Speaking of which, I saw a badass surfer who did bring his longboard out there named Darshan Gooch. Have you ever yeah, heard of yeah, him? Yeah, Darshan. He's like 6'4". Six, six, he's six, got a few boards from, uh, from Palindrani. Yeah. yeah. He's that kind of... He, he, he surfs with like pretty uh, fun shapers. And he did a demo on the stretch it that I had. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and anyway, he was, we were getting our wetsuit like, we were, like, drying off and he was in the car right next to us. And me and Craig talked to him for a minute and said hi. And he asked about, do you like that board? And I said, no, I saw your demo on it. And like, I suck on it. And he's like, I have one with a two plus one. It's six, six, you know, it'd be, it's kind of fun too. But he's like, that's part of the fun. Just trying to figure out a board. It's like, fuck, I guess so. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But I like the flotation part of it. So do you. So the question is, do I, do I sacrifice yeah. by having to lug this huge thing yeah. around? I mean, is it, am I at risk or am I going to let go of it? Yeah. Is it harder to maneuver? And I guess the answer is yes, but truthfully, because it's the only board that I surf now, yeah. I feel like I don't particularly notice anything else. Right. So what I would say is that there's a lot of turtle rolling. So if you're laying flat on your board, you roll all yeah. the way over so your body is upside down. Yeah. And then I straighten out and I hold the board over my head, almost like a T-shape. Yeah. And then as the white water hits the front of my board, I kind of tip the nose up towards the sky a little bit. Yeah. And then I get a kick with my legs, almost like I'm swimming upward. Yeah. So as I get kind of swallowed up by the water that's coming in yeah. with the wave, I swim up and try and push the board up, and hopefully the white water kind of slips underneath the board and I right. don't lose a lot of progress. But you also surf at spots where that's not as necessary that often, right? Correct. Like so the that's point you can go around. Exactly. And it's a, it's a lengthy board, so it yeah. paddles more quickly. Yeah. So you can cover you can ground move easier. So if you see it right. coming in, you just head off just left if it's a right-handed way. wave, and you just yeah. get up and around circle around the back and line yourself up for one of the what's good ones the, um, what's the best wave you had on it where was it and when was it and the, how was it the best wave that I've surfed on the glider was definitely within the last month yeah. this was at Publix Beach um, I paddled out so it was a beach it was Privates I'm just I'm on the uptake today yeah. so I, I paddled out at Privates and I saw Mark Andrini is yes. a longtime San Francisco based shaper. Yeah. Um, he and I have talked in the water a few times over the last year or so. And I was paddling out, and he was just telling me how good it was. Right. And I could see the lines, and I, I knew it was going to be good. And this I is, have an Andrini book called The Gift. I have not read it. 
but I would be interested in looking through it. Yeah. So I paddled. He was telling me how good it was, how incredible it was. So generally, when I what I'm used to is you paddle into a wave. Let's say it's a five foot face. The the steepest and tallest point of the wave is going to be where you take off, and right. then it kind of peters out off right. the shoulder. And next thing you know, you're kind of cruising down the line on a four footer. This was not the case that day. The wave was growing down the line. So because I had this really lengthy yeah. board, so the thing I, I read recently. Um, Josh Hall yes. down in San Diego, he shapes these gliders. He calls them big boards. Right. Um, he was inspired by Skip Fry, who's yeah. maybe like kind of the father of these glider type surfboards, yeah. these big boards. And he he wrote in an article that you actually sent me, which was on kind Surfer. Of, yeah, which kind of stuck out to me. He said, "The bigger your big board, the more aloha you need to bring yeah. with you." Because you don't want to because be that you can catch waves everything. easier it's than so most annoying. people. And you need to not be greedy. Right. Or you're going to be Do you think it's an out. arms race? Like, sometimes I think, like, I go to the hook, and I notice the people who are really winning are two people. The the, the, the aggressive guys who know the spots on a short sure, board. Sure, And then the guy the guys who are good on longboards. And because of the volume, and I, it's, longboarding is more accessible sure. to people. And it is kind of an arms race, isn't it? Like, it makes me want to volume up so I can get more action in, too. The answer is yes and no. Yeah. And I think the key is reading the room, as yeah. they say. Because if you paddle out and there's a handful of guys and the vibe is that everyone is taking turns and maybe you start it or maybe someone else, hey, you yeah. got the next one. And then it's kind of understood. Yeah. But places like the hook yeah. where so many people are scrapping for waves, yeah, yeah. it takes one or two guys to fuck that up. Yeah. And if they're all just getting as many as they can yeah. for themselves, there's really nothing you can do about it. And very quickly, everyone right. adopts that same mindset. So you were at Publix. And this is where your best win yeah. was. Andrini was out there. This was this was in March of 2020. Uh, Feb. February. It was a west-northwest swell that was right. coming through, I believe. Um, and I had just paddled out, and my intention was not to take a wave from the Did you the take the gate and the steps down? Is that I, how did, you fell out? I did. What was the tide looking like? It was low. Um, okay. It was probably a foot. Was it receding or pushing? It was draining. Got yeah, it, it was getting draining. lower. It was going to be a negative through. tide. Yeah. So I paddled out, and I remember I saw uh, Mark there, and we shared a couple words, and I was headed straight yeah. out, and I was sitting off his left. So yeah. he was he was in the spot. Um, what was he riding, do you think? He was riding a glider as well. He was a riding goddamn, a 10-6 a with a camouflage tan rail line that is what I've been told is signature to him and his sons. He only laminates Beautiful. in that design for his immediate family. I like that guy. And I've seen him surf that exact board before. And um, so I was paddling out okay. deeper, even though he was sitting further towards yeah. where the break of the wave would be. And a wave came in and um, I told him, hey, go. Like, yeah, it's coming right to you. And he looked at me, he said, hey, you're further out and I just got one. So you better start paddling. A good man. Now. And I'm thinking, wow. That's the guy who gets it. This guy is, he's given me an opportunity. That I or he was, not. Just, he was beat. <laughs> one of the two, either way, I, I took it. Yeah. And I flipped around and I paddled, paddled, paddled. And I, you feel that lift. Yeah. Popped up to my feet. I kind of stayed in a low squat. Yeah. Shifted my weight to my back foot. Put some pressure on my toes, and swung the board around into the pocket and took one step forward. Still in a squatting position, and I just felt as the board is kind of sliding up the face. Yes. It hits a point where it starts sliding downward, and yeah. it just starts picking up speed. Yeah. And are you adjusting your feet? Initially, yes. So. I made my bottom turn for my squatting position. Yes, stay low. Came around the corner and yes. in true to form to myself, I probably shuffled a half step forward. Probably, yeah. Kind of shifted my weight totally. forward onto my front foot. I'll often slide my back foot forward to line yeah. my feet up parallel. And I parallel come, on a glider. I come down into a squat 
and it just starts running. The board takes off. And you went parallel on that thing? I went parallel, and I look over my That's shoulder, cool. and the wave is just getting taller and taller. And you're still and parallel? I can see that I'm still parallel, <laughs> and I can just see this line is just, it just goes on forever. And there's these surfers on the inside oh, that are watching as I'm taking that. this line, and it's just peaking yeah. perfectly, and I'm staying ahead of where it's breaking behind yeah. me, I'm right in the spot. And this guy on the inside starts throwing his arms up in the air. Just like you're and he's killing. yelling, go, 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 yeah. faster, faster. Another guy's hooting, he's clapping his hands. There's like three people just got the wave, throwing yeah. their hands on it. It felt to me like the wave mm-hmm. of the day. And I, probably 300, 400 yard wave and I kicked out at the end. Were you going, were you roller coastering? Not Did at all. Did you get any groove going? Or were you just like still holding on tight and just Still loose? holding on tight. I didn't need to groove at all because yeah. I didn't need to generate speed. It was yeah. just perfect. Like I, I mean, I didn't need to pocket? come top to bottom. I wasn't doing any turns. I'm just in the pocket. Just well, was the board up. moving on the face of the wave? Like going up or down? It was just sliding perfectly. Like it was just, <laughs> it was almost You're like. You're just humming. Yeah, I, I imagine it's kind of like if you look at the, if you look at Kelly Slater's wave yeah. down in Lemoore, California. Yeah. And you see. The peak is always in the exact yeah. same spot. Like it's not moving forward. It's not really breaking forward yeah. or backward. The surfers are zipping out ahead of it yeah. and coming back to the exact same place. So it would be like if you made your bottom turn and set yourself up exactly where it, mm. the most, like the steepest mm-hmm. speed generating portion of the wave is, and you just hovered there. And you Isn't didn't make cool an effort your, to run like, ahead of it. Your board or slow is, it down. Uh, when you're like caught and trim in the upper third of the wave, and your board's almost, it is actually cantilevering out of the wave. And you're just kind of like suspended. Yeah. And you're yeah. looking down on the, you know, you're looking down at the the, the bowl of the wave, mm-hmm. but you're just humming at such a quick rate in the middle. Yeah, of it. yeah. It's the best fucking feeling. Going fast is so fun. That's man. where the glider can really get humming. You know, one thing that I've noticed about myself as a surfer is every single day that I paddle out, I tell myself, today is the day I'm going quantity over quality. I'm going to sit inside <laughs> and I'm just going to get a truckload of waves. And that's I'm always get the guy. Twenty you're... or twenty-five waves. Yeah. And then I see like one good one come outside. I'm like, yeah, yeah fuck it. I got to paddle yeah, out deep. Totally. Like I need the biggest wave that comes yeah. through. Like that's yeah. just who I am. And then I end up sitting 30 yards outside waiting for 45 minutes. But you'll get it. And I get it. And it's worth it. And that's what I want. I want two or three good ones. I got to get a glider. You got to get a glider. Yeah. Like I was, I want to surf shorter boards and I find them really appealing. And I feel like I'm on the precipice of being pretty comfortable with them but it's i'm not athletic and it's been a slow transition for me i just don't know that surfing shorter boards suits me i mean i've surfed shorter boards and even now if i step on like i've got a six three fish that has an insane amount of volume in it and i pop up to my feet and i make my turn and i just feel like i'm going slow probably because you're used to that you're used to that glider just but i was surfing short boards long before i stepped on a long but it is a different action on that fish like you know you watch not that i'm doing it but i watch the surfers like for instance, my mom, I'm on the, my seven ten egg, or and I imagine it. It's definitely more maneuverable than your glider, but I think it responds the same. In which you get in early, it takes a nice drop, and then it just hums as a as a, a freaking mm-hmm. probably the same rocker. I don't know, pintail, hard edge, and you just go. You know, and I go up and down, but like on a shorter board, you get up, and I've always noticed. You know, I had this uh, Werner Mini Simmons that was five ten. And it was 20, it was thick, like it was wide. It's 22 wide, three inches thick. But I remember the best wave I had it was the hook at the first peak. And the second I popped up, I remember I just did a quick little shift. I didn't take a long drop, you know? I took a quick little pivot mm-hmm. and you just kind of pump like on that Carver skateboard. Yeah. You know, you just got that pumping where you just pump it up to lip and down. Sure, sure. You know, and then you can really fucking get, and it's like a different, 
It's a different rhythm. Yeah. It is different. So I, I felt I felt that on the glide. I mean, obviously, yeah. I felt that on other boards too. Yeah. But I had a, a day at Sharks. It was like within the same swell window as that. We're kind of when it was peter, petering out yeah. um, from that one wave and day that I just explained at, yes. at Privates. I was, at, I was at Sharks and I had a short border call me into one. That was it, in your goddamn glider? On the glider. And I, start, I started going. I looked over my shoulder and I was in the clear. There was no one behind me. And I started pumping, and the thing was walling up. And I realized, I'm I'm not going to make it through this section if I don't pick up some speed. And so yes. I started pumping. I just really put my weight down on my feet, came yeah. down to the bottom, and then got light up back yeah. up to the top, and kind of hummed along that top yeah. line and back best. down. That's and best. it just kept breaking up in front of me, like it was about to spill over. I was like, I got to go faster. I got to go faster. Yeah. I probably oh, gave like pretty. seven or eight good pumps. Yeah. And it felt so different than doing that on a shorter board. Yes. And just what's coming to mind would be, like imagine you got a sling with like a tennis ball in it yes. and you're building that centrifugal force and then you let Wait, it rip. a sling with the tennis ball. Okay, got yeah, it. I got so, my sling. So you're, and Goliath. Yeah, you're swinging this tennis yep. ball around your head and you're letting it go yep. and you feel the power as it flies out. Yeah. Now imagine instead you've replaced it with a shot put. Right. The power behind that, the weight behind it, and you just get it going. The weight. And the, the weight of that shot put is generating all momentum. the forward momentum. And when you let it go with energy and force, it it's going to go. And right. that's just exactly how the glider felt. As I was pumping, I'm like, I've got a lot of power in here. Like, I can feel the speed that it's generating. It's like, yeah. it's it's not this, you're not kind of chopping it up. You see right. a skateboarder generating speed off the tail, yeah. like, and they're kind of tapping it around. It's it's not like that. It's probably more like your carver, where it's really these downstrokes, right. push and pull, and you're just you're feeling the momentum as you're coming off your heels and your toes. Which would be a different action than if you hop, when you yeah. when you hop on your fish. Yeah. So it's like you it's you're surfing. You know, you talk about back foot surfing or front foot surfing. Yeah, I don't this know. This feels either. like it's it's got to be both feet. Trying you're to you're on both of them, it getting is. power from both, or it's not working. It is. It's a different aesthetic. Experience. It's like a different approach altogether. Like you have to look for different pleasures. Yeah in it than if you were trying to you know i don't know it sounds way more fun than trying to shortboard honestly <laughs> i i don't know i mean i spent so many years on a shorter board yeah. surfing at a mediocre level i was right. never getting good waves at any spots right. i was never doing anything that right. i thought was impressive or super fun i mean it was fun to me yes um and maybe this is just me or how i like to surf or my body style yeah I'm not, I mean, I'm not a beginner, but I'm an yeah. average surfer. You're pretty good, at yeah. Best. Um, I'm probably better than 50% of the people absolutely. out there. Absolutely. Worse than the other 50%. I'd certainly say you're better. You'd be, pl uh, whatever the next level above competent is, and, you, and, and with a plus next to it. But this has allowed a competent surfer to get in yeah. to the advanced surfer's waves. Right. Is what I think it's given to me. So I'm, I get the reward of catching the good one, even though I'm not that good. No, it makes a lot of sense. And there's not many people on gliders. Yeah. So you are the, by definition, by default, the best glider out there. Maybe. And you're not greedy. You're not an asshole about it. No, I try to not be. I try not to be. It's I, hard, though, when you see that one. I've only had away. one time where someone has told me I was catching too many yeah. waves. And truthfully, he was, good for him. he was probably right. That's good that he actually spoke up. Not, not that I'm confrontational, because I usually just get passively, aggressively annoyed and yeah. then go on the inside and settle for a shittier wave because the dude on the paddle board is just taking everything with, yeah. with, with no apology. If I, uh, if I paddle out and get one... And I paddle back out. I will usually say, "Hey, next one's yours." Yeah, Whoever's totally. been sitting on the peak with me, and I, I totally try and stay agree. true to that. Mm. Although, if like there's a thirty-minute gap and no waves come mm -hmm. through, it is real tempting to just grab the next one for yourself. But thirty I minutes almost feels like the slate has been cleaned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> the heat has been it's, restarted. <laughs> yeah, the shot clock has expired. And the heat's restarted. Do you have to go home now? No, I got a little. We more hit time. the thirty-five minute mark, which is pretty impressive, Eric. 
Well, we don't want to blow all our content in one. No, we're going to talk shot. about next time. We're going to talk about. Um, I don't know yet. Your scariest moment in the water. I like to hear about that. I also like to hear, and then on podcast interview interview three rather with you, I'd like to hear about your most embarrassing moments in the water, and where you want to go with surfing in the future. Finally, I'm curious. Um, not to get well. How's it going at home? Being sequestered or quarantined? Even though we are breaking the law right now by being within five feet yeah. of each other. Uh, I would say it's going well. Um, okay. For my wife and I, we're in a really fortunate position. We're healthcare workers. Yeah. So we are not without work, um, yep. and a lot of people are. And I know that, that that's seems to be the biggest, incredibly challenging for, for sure. so many people. Yeah. So I feel super fortunate in that way. Um, the biggest challenge is just I'm bummed for my kids. They yeah. got, they can't play with their friends in the same way. There's a lot of hours at home. We're trying to keep them busy with things to do, getting out into public spaces where we're still kind of keeping distance from people. So, uh, so far it's been good. I've, I've tried to have an optimistic and positive mindset right. about my day-to-day -day operations. But as far as like the country and the world as a whole, I, I think we're in for some trouble. I you think, do? I do. I don't think that this is going to breeze away. Yeah. I think that, I think a lot of people are going to get really sick and I think it's really unfortunate. And that's the truth. Damn. That's the truth. That's what I think. Okay. Well, yeah. that's a bummer. Yeah. Um, let's hope you're wrong there. I hope so too. I would okay. love to be wrong. Let me ask you this and definitely don't be as serious this time. Um, what's the next board you'd want to get? Are you thinking about getting? Ooh, that's really and tough. by whom? And, um, and when are you going to go over to this thing? <laughs> So I do want more surfboards always, yes, right. and I think that they will be in the glider variety. Yeah, and I'm torn. So I either want a ten six, that's so a little shorter than what I'm running yes. down, and a little thinner. Instead of three and five eighths, I think I want to be closer to three and an eighth, thinner, okay. but carry the volume out further across you the like board. You like thick boards? I like thick boards. Yeah, yeah. I well, like a lot you, of foam. But what's the downside to a but thick board? Three and you can't an eighth. Carry the rail. Um, unless you can, unless you can. I think the downside is, I think that if I got a three and an eighth as opposed to three and five eighths, I think it would be easier to move around three and on the face of the wave. Three and eighth sure. So I could still get that same glider trim and vibe, yeah. but it might be a little more maneuverable yeah. in the face. So I've thought about getting a ten six with like a diamond shaped tail. Um, if you go online and look at the DT three, the Takayama three, it's got okay. a diamond tail. DT three. I think putting that on a pointed nose glider with a low rocker I think would be fast and then I could still kind of step on the tail and bring the board around I think that'd be cool. It'd help with turn as opposed to a pin? Yeah. Pin tail? Well this one um, yeah yeah I think so I mean because the tail on my current board is a is Do you a find the pin tails harder too. to turn than a squash tail or I think that fish? the board that I'm riding now isn't designed to turn. Right. So right. I, I think that um, if I do want it to turn I really need to step on the tail of the board and kind of lean way back and pivot it across yeah. And this, I think, would allow me to step and kind of lean into it. Whereas if I try that now, my board's likely to just flip over. So 10-6 glider with a different tail. Either that or going 11-6 and thinned out. So Talk longer board and thinner board. But in the next glider I want, I want it to be a little thinner because I, I want to test what it would feel like to yeah. get that same trim but be able to turn a little bit more easily. No I think doubt. that would be an exciting feeling. I tell you what, I had that 8-0 egg, as you know, egg, 8 by 23 by 3 and 16th or something like that. And... It was just too floaty after a while. Mm -hmm. Just compared to the 710 by 21 and a half mm -hmm. by two and three quarter egg I have, same design, yeah. everything. It's like, I have no, I luckily can get into waves with it pretty nice, you know, easily. And uh, just as easy with the 8.0. And like, it like knifes in, like you do freaking feel it. And it's a cool, it's a cool feeling. Mm -hmm. like, you can feel it 
knife, you just bury the rail deeper and knives mm -hmm. in. It just feels faster, lighter, more manageable. I don't know. I think a lot of it is the waves that I'm going to surf. Yeah. I think that I would I would be unhappy on a, on a thinner board today, yeah. surfing the spots I'm surfing. But if you put me at 26 on a heavy day, yes. or I sat in the slot at the lane, or went to Moss, or any of these places right. that do get steeper, more critical, I think that having a floatier board would not get me in and up to my feet and generate speed on the front right. end. And I think I would have a bad time. I want to do, unfortunately, WSL has been postponed uh, through May, and I'm going to guess through the rest of the year, especially with your uh, macabre prediction. Yeah. But... Um, we should talk WSL fantasy next time uh, yeah. a season starts because I think it'd be cool to launch a fantasy WSL podcast yeah. and maybe spin it off. Yeah, I'm into so, it. All right. Well, you did good today and thank you for joining me. I've been yeah, bugging thanks, you this buddy. for six months to come and have a conversation. So that's Eric, my surfing buddy in Santa Cruz. And um, I don't know, you might have uh, turned this off by then and by now I moved on to Adam Curl or Joe Rogan and I wouldn't, certainly wouldn't blame you. But thank you, Eric, for joining me today. And um, episode four... Not sure what it's going to be about. Maybe I'll interview Eric again. Who knows? So thank you. Adios. And we'll catch you next time. Right. Peace. See you, Jeff.